This is The Naturalist. In every podcast episode, we're going to highlight the products, ideas, trends that are shaping the CPG industry. Or that we just really like. As we talk about allyship in the past, how we can support each other as an industry who are not part of that, you know, the BIPOC community. How we, can we turn that allyship and this idea of rah-rah diversity into more action? It's a tricky one. It's hard to, I mean, we can't solve it <laughs> overnight. But we at least need to identify what can be done in terms of an immediate next step, or at least a one, some sort of a next step to address a lot of the pain that a lot of our families there's a big difference, right? I'm sure you all can agree between allyship and action, right? Allyship is, you know, putting like you know, something on social media and I support this, but uh, action is really what makes the difference in change, you know, as, as everyone as can understand. Okay. You know what everyone listening to this podcast should do? Take a bath. Oh, that sounds nice. Oh, that's my favorite thing to do at Expo. Get some acupuncture. Oh, you take baths at Expo. Well, because I don't have a bathtub in my house. So when I go to Expo, I try to get a room with a bathtub. You don't have a bathtub in your house? I have a bathtub, and I've never once used it <laughs> for an actual bath. I oh. just don't. I don't understand. Don't get me started on that. You just baths. keep your champagne in there? <laughs> How'd you know? Absolutely. <laughs> No, I yes, everyone what listening. What should everyone do? Sorry. Take a bath. Go get acupuncture. Take a breath. Yes. Seriously, take some time out of your days. I have not been doing that. Oh, me neither. And I really need to. Yeah. I did get acupuncture, actually. I said I didn't do that, but yesterday. Yeah, I'm like, wait, just... <laughs> but <yesterday, laughs> Something's not adding up here. For the first time ever, I got acupuncture and I got cupping, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I mean... I d- it didn't feel crazy, but my back right now looks like octopus tentacles, Ooh, like suction cups. Fun. It's, it's bonkers. Tara, have you gotten cupping? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was so desperate yesterday um, that she was like, can I do this? Can I? I just said, do it all. So she burned something on my back. She's wow, cupping. Oh, you're so courageous. All you the just... stuff. It's like, if it will help, I'll do it. So I'll let you know. Let me know. I have I have acupuncture tomorrow. Do all the thing around all of Oh, no, I'm like the opposite. I'm like, where are you putting that needle? What are you doing? Tell me first. I need, yes, consent, consent. No, not there. That hurts. Like, I can't. I'm not. I was yeah, like, go to town. See, yeah, that's not my nature. Um, but go get some acupuncture. Also, please like and subscribe. Yes. That's a really good idea. In fact, you should do that before you take a bath and get acupuncture. Because you might forget if you're so relaxed. Yeah, head out, go for a walk, like us. Listen to us. Listen to us. There you have it. All right. So we've been doing The Naturalist now for a few months. Yeah, several months, actually. We started in February, March. Oh, yes. Right before Expo West. Right before Expo West. It's been a long time. Yeah, coming full circle. Let's do, I'm a big fan of like just completely irrelevant anniversaries. Three months, six months, nine months. Let's do, you know. A quarterly, yeah. a quarterly <laughs> celebration. Okay, but one of the people and companies that we talk about all the time is Jake. Jacob DeLeon, he is the owner, founder of Phila Manila. It's an absolutely great brand. And he is also the founder of, well, one of the founders of Founders Heritage, which is an association. And we're going to let Jake tell you about the association, but it launched officially at Expo West. They have so many members now. It's growing so quickly. 
and so many great brands that are that are signing up. And it's really um it's how would you put it? He said it such a, in such a nice way. It's uh, brands lifting each other up. Yes, basically. yes. And I think that's one of the things that makes Jake so special. I mean, he's clearly a star. Every pitch that he does, he just absolutely crushes it. But he's really committed to helping other brands succeed, and particularly other brands that are focused on the rich culture behind their yes. products. And so we have so many creative, dynamic, really like vibrant companies that are coming from Founders Heritage. And really young brands, too. Emerging, brand new, small scale. So it's really exciting to see them, you know, helping each other, lifting each other up and and working together. Yeah. Well, let's hear it, Jake. So we brought him on because we talk about him all the time. (laughs) And then we just get caught up in talking about him again because we love him so much. And just to give it a little context, Jake was actually in Boulder, Colorado. He came to judge the Nexty Award. So it's the first time ever that we had a brand owner be one of our judges we always get retailers and other experts and buyers but so jake was here in in boulder so we basically cornered him locked him in our podcast studio threw some headphones on him that's exactly what happened actually (laughs) and we didn't have any fun at all all right let's listen to jake Right now, it's like there's not enough education mm-hmm. for people to go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it looks yeah. good on paper, but the reality is if people go to this. Yeah. It's like I need an Asian sauce. I'm going to go to the Global Flavors. Right. Right. They would never think about going to like, oh, Campbell Skillet Sauce and Philip Manila. It's like. It, it's we're not there yet. Not yet. But doesn't it feel like, because I just think it's so like, I don't know, Frito-Lay tortilla chips are in the chip aisle. Yeah. But then, um, I can't remember her name, this brand from Chicago, she was telling me, but like, why are my chips are in the uh, the international food aisle just because I'm oh. Mexican founder? That's weird. You know, like, or like, why is it that like Italian food is just in pantry? Yeah. It's like very like white, multicultural thing. You know, yeah. like you don't find like French sauces in the international food aisle i do think it's interesting though like when we think about yes there's an ideal solution that even in this conversation we're probably all aligned around but you really have to think about what consumers are accustomed to now and make sure that it's easy to find and kind of transition consumers into a new way it's definitely an education play, but that example with the founder who founded the the chips and not being a side chip, that's kind of weird. That I mean, that's weird. kind of, you know, chips are chips. And unless you're like a natural organic snack brand mm-hmm. that's separated from conventional, that makes sense. But yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's yeah. example. But I think it's just a matter of education. As people get more familiar, I mean, you could argue most people in the U.S. are familiar with <laughs> pasta sauce in Italian. <laughs> right, that's it. But then are they familiar with a Sichuan chili crisp? Are they familiar with a Mexican mole? It's arguable, right? So until we get to that, it's going to happen eventually. Uh, But it's going to be a gradual. But maybe they would become more familiar with it if it were mixed in with other pantry foods. But that's the tricky thing. Jing was mentioning that they did a test where they had um, her products both at, I believe it was at Asian and at condiments. And... It outperformed when it was placed in Asian. Hmm. And so it's just like a matter of, yeah, I mean, it makes sense uh, from a representation standpoint and like the new American table. But it, and the results just say people are just more accustomed to going there and buying what they're looking for when they're in that frame set or that mindset. Yeah. And that part of the store. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. That does make yeah. sense. 
But we're talking about being aspirational. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. We'll get there. Am I going to have to give another speech no, no, like the one I gave during the next news today? We'll get there eventually. How many of your speeches did I miss? It was the today? same speech. Oh, it was the same. Yeah, the same I speech. really it like came speech through came up early. Saving it for tomorrow. And then I was done. Yeah, save a couple for me. So, welcome, Jake. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah, we just launched right into our conversation today, which is what we always do. Every time I see you, I feel like it's just, you know, seeing an old friend. and Adrian, Jessica, longtime friends of obviously me and, and like supporters of the industry. Thank you for having us. Who's us? <laughs> okay, so we are here. We've got Jake DeLeon. Jacob, sorry, hey, Jacob. Uh, Jake, it's oh, please, more formal Jake. Okay. Yeah. for the podcast. Yeah. Um, and Jacob, you are the founder of Phil and Manila. Yeah. Three-time Nexty winning brand in two years. Oh, wow. Yes. That's a Nexty all-star. Yeah. Right there. Back to back. I believe we're the only brand, correct me if I'm wrong, to win three back to back. Maybe not the most in terms of absolutes, but. You have asked me that several times, and I think every time I'm like, eh, let me check into it, and then I forget. But I believe that you are correct, possibly, potentially. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> and I have to say, you have, like, the best pitch oh, I've yeah. ever seen. Oh, Your pitch. You. How'd you learn how to pitch? Uh, it's a lot of trial and error. So, you know, when I first started the company, you know, I had my pitch, I had my slides, and a lot of failing and a lot of observations and just like picking up on those observations and just improving it as we go along, you know? And that's usually like what I think as a founder, it's one of the things I really hold dear is this deal, a dear is this idea of just understanding <clears throat> what needs to be improved and just constantly iterating upon it until you get to a more desired spot. Well, you do that so naturally. I would have thought your pitch, you were just born with that. Right. I know. I was about to say that. I don't actually believe you. I'm well, sure it's just totally natural. I tell everyone, like, I'm really good at an impression performance. <laughs> I mean, come on. Look. I know it was a podcast. So we had so many things we could talk about. I'm excited that you're in Boulder. I know. I really love nice Boulder. I, I kind of feel like, ooh, you're here. What else can we do with you? <laughs> How else could we use you and your and your nice kindness to? Well, you hiked without us. Oh yeah, you did. Oh, I'm so like blessed to be in Boulder. I mean, I, I stopped here like very briefly a few years ago from the Rockies, but I never had a chance to experience the city, and I love the vibe. Obviously, the outdoorsy thing is I, I, I'm totally in love with. I went, like, I think I mentioned six hikes in two days. I'm, like, sore as poop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw probably every dog imaginable on the trails. Like, everything from, you know, a Great Dane to, like, a Corgi, like, oh, out hiking me. <laughs> it was Jesus. super ripped. Um, I was talking to, to one of our other feet. <laughs> so, oh, my God, a Corgi's, like, running up the... <laughs> I was talking to one of our other next guest judges this morning yeah. during judging, Christina Kin from Roots Market in yeah. Maryland. And she was walking yesterday. She went walking from Pearl Street up to Chautauqua and passed a bear on the street. I <laughs> told her that. She's like, I, there was a bear. And I said, what are you, like hiking on a trail? No, 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 on the street. That's wild. Is that, I've never, is that normal in I Boulder? think it is. I, it's never happened to me, but yeah. me neither. I guess we don't get out much. Oh, that I mean, is true. There's so many people. Or maybe the bear is just accustomed to it. You know, the, the bear looked at her. He's like, eh. Well, do you know what they actually do here? Sorry, this might this might be a, a 
what's that called? Tangent? Yeah. My mom is a bear volunteer. And so when no. the bears come down and they're looking for food, and then they like usually go up into a tree and fall asleep during the day. What? So people call the bear hotline. No joke. And it goes down like a list of like, hey, can you come watch the bear? And so my mom goes and bear sits and they bring pots and pans. And so when the bears wake up at some point during the day and they want to come down from the tree, the bear sitters bang their pots and pans together so that the bears will stay up in the tree until nightfall. And then when it gets dark out, they just leave so the bears can come down because they can't have bears walking around Pearl Street. So this is crazy. You've never seen a bear and then your mom just like she bears all the every day. <laughs> wow. Well, she always tells me afterwards. Like I was bear sitting today. I didn't realize they sleep in trees. Yes. That's a thing? That's a thing. It's crazy. So uh, we should get my mom on the podcast sometime to talk about that. <laughs> we should next episode. Wow. Okay, Jake. So yes. um, what we were really excited, I mean, I would love to hear a little bit about your impression of Nexties. This yeah. is actually the first time ever in the history of Nexties, or at least as far as I know, that we've invited a brand to come and help us judge the final round of Nexties. So yeah. we always get retailers, investors, you know, different um, industry experts. But this is the first time we've invited a brand. And I, I admit I was a little nervous about it. Just that behind the scenes, like, are we going to be good enough? Is he going to think we're crazy? Um, so what what was your impression of? Well, first thing, thank you for letting me kind of uh, see what's happening behind the curtain. You know, as a brand, sometimes we what goes in our head is that we submit a product. You know, we put our heart and soul into the application. And, you know, and just the fact that seeing all these inputs and seeing kind of like what we are imagining and what we've created as founders being being presented to these great industry leaders is just amazing. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's like looking behind the scenes is it's for one thing, I could see y'all have a really difficult job. I mean, there's so many amazing products, so many amazing brands out there. And what was surprising was that, you know, it, sometimes it can really come down. Well, two things. One is that it can, can really come down to the minutia. So there could be like almost a tie between two or three products. But then, you know, now that it's such a close race, you have, really have to scrutinize every ingredient, every communication on the pack, and that alone can get you ahead in terms of winning the prize, yeah. I think the second thing I notice as well is, is kind of, you know, this need to really differentiate and really make your mission known and obviously make your application as closely fitting to the category as possible so it makes sense, right? And, you know, looking at the sea of kind of nominees and products, you know, I see a lot of brands doing a phenom phenomenal job with innovation, phenomenal job of like packaging, but a lot of them really have a hard time of kind of like seeing what is that magic or that X factor that really separates them from this whole other batch of amazing products that could easily have one as well. So um, a lot of learnings. I mean, honestly, like from to be greedy, I was taking mental notes as well. So, so what can I do for future <laughs> submissions? No, you can't win any. I didn't get an award. But but thank you for. I mean, it was such an amazing experience. Uh, it's very humbling, you know, from a brand owner and and just uh, just like it's just really cool work. What happens behind the scenes? Well, I do always tell brands that nominate. We read those nomination yeah. forms. And this was the finals, but during the prelims, I mean, we might have 1,000, 1,500 oh. products. We read every single one out loud during judging. So 
we do really, really take that seriously and care about what brands have to say about the, you know, about themselves and their mission. Yeah. But the other reason, you know, we obviously invited you here because I think that you, um, you know, just because of your experience as an XD winner, but also because I really think you do so much for other brands. I mean, you are always um, helping uplift other brands. And one way that I've really seen that manifest has been with the establishment of your Founders Heritage Association. So can you tell us a little bit about that and how it came about? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, if you look at the founding story of Bill Manila, I mean, in a nutshell, it was founded in 2020 with this idea of adding representation to uh, my community and culture, which is Filipino Americans, right? You know, at the time, we're the second largest Asian American community with almost zero representation in mainstream grocery. And it was at that kind of mind-blowing insight, like, wait a minute, I think it's about time someone take a step forward and add that representation of our amazing cuisine and food and culture. And so during my journey from then on, you know, I connected with other founders in the space, Global Flavors, and we all had the same commonalities. So for example, we knew the same buyers, we knew the same suppliers, we knew the same investors. Uh, we work with the same contacts at distributors and like, hey, y'all, you know, we go through the same challenges as founders. And it happens to be that all of us share a similar mission story. Like we all have these amazing products that are kind of inspired by and born from our heritage and culture. You know, and we know that global flavors happens to be one of the hottest growing or fastest growing categories in our industry right now. Like what would happen if you just make a nice community where we just support each other? Like there's no hidden obligation or intention. We just want founders to support other founders. And that's how Founders Heritage was born. So it was just a handful of brands. I think five of us, and we started in Expo West 2023, just a few months ago. And from then on, you know, we grew from five to now we're about uh, a community of 60 founders. Oh, wow. Like all founders wow. just within the global flavor space. Yeah. And I mean, the best way to describe it is Founders Heritage is a community of founders uh, who offer products that were born from their culture or heritage, right? So we're not gatekeepers, you know, we're not, you know, kind of these, th that approach of thinking, but we're just more like, how can we celebrate? How can we uplift each other? Because there's always something magical if you know that a company or a founder offers something that's directly from their heart or from their family. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so we honor that authenticity, we honor that heritage, and then we honor the culture, of course. And then we know where the, the market is going in terms of recognizing that and what consumers look for because they, they're looking for that authenticity. They're looking for that founder story. And we're just seeing if there's a way that we can kind of unite each other um, as founders like and just give each other opportunities and help where we can offer. Yeah. It's so amazing. And, and we've loved watching you as a brand, but then supporting all of these other companies. Since you launched Founders Heritage around Expo West, like what's kind of surprised you about this community of brands? Yeah, you know, this is a really good topic. I think one thing that surprised me and may maybe not have surprised me as well is kind of our shared challenges in the market right now, right? So it just so happens, I would say all of us in Founders Heritage are all BIPOC founders. Yeah, in some form or another. And so a lot of the commonalities and issues that we face is financing and funding and even support once you get into the market, right? Distribution and how to support the retail uh, with our products. And it kind of breaks my heart because, you know, maybe not directly related to, you know, the culture or heritage born idea of our products, more about the struggles that we face as BIPOC founders, like compared to maybe the rest of the market. Yeah. Um. So it's 
it's kind of a blessing in disguise because now that we know what a lot of these issues are, we're actually partnering with a lot of the other BIPOC groups in the industry, like Included um, and Project Putluck, to see how we can, as kind of like a universe, support each other. I mean, we're not like, we don't work in silos, right? It doesn't make sense. And like, how can right. we support each other in terms of all these trade groups and how we just uplift all the members involved? So it's exciting. I mean, like, it, it started out as kind of like this brief conversation between me and a couple of friends, you know, from Yai's Thai, from Saucy Lips, from Tio Lupita, from uh, Red Boat Fish Sauce. And we kind of grew into this uh, pretty cool, albeit scrappy, and we're all scrap founders. We're I all scrappy. That thing, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, my, my joke behind it is that, um, you know, I, I tell all the folks, I'm being nice to you because you could be my future boss if this thing doesn't work. <laughs> so, <laughs> Don't forget me. Don't forget me. <laughs> it's really inspiring, but it's also a little disheartening to hear you say that, that yeah. the kind of challenges, especially around raising capital that are unique to the BIPOC community of BIPOC founders is still very much a problem. So what needs to change? It's a good question. It's quite timely as well. So in preparation for Expo uh, East uh, this September, we're actually working together with New Hope for a panel discussion. And that panel will include uh, myself from Founders Heritage, Ida, and folks from um, Included, and also Project Potluck, and to see what exactly can we do. Because we talk about allyship in the past, how we can support each other as an industry who are not part of that, you know, the BIPOC community. But I think where we're trying to go for the panel discussion is how we can we turn that allyship and this idea of rah-rah diversity into more action. Right. And so we don't know what the answer is, but we're working on to see if the conversation and what we can have during the panel can at least facilitate some action in that space. It's a tricky one. It's hard to, I mean, we can't solve <laughs> overnight. But we at least need to identify what can be done in terms of an immediate next step, or at least a one, some sort of a next step to address a lot of the pain that a lot of our founders have. And turn allyship into action. Yeah, yeah it, there's a big difference, right? I'm sure you all can agree between allyship and action, right? Allyship is, you know, putting like you know, something on social media and I support this, but uh, action is really what makes the difference in change, you know, as, as everyone as can understand. Do you have any plans to make this a consumer-facing distinction? So do you have any thoughts about maybe making this something that consumers can see what you're doing and and, and who your brands are? A hundred percent, and we're already doing it. So we already have a pilot program called Founders Heritage Certified. And basically, it, it kind of reinforces this idea to the consumer-facing that, hey, this brand, this product, this founder story that you're investing your money into is actually authentic. Like it was born from the heritage and culture of the founder. And, you know, we have several products. Actually, all the Philomenal new products have the Founders Heritage Certified logo. Uh, I, I know the founder pretty well. Um, and then so we're able to showcase that in market. And then a lot of brands are starting to adopt it as well in their new packaging refreshes. But one thing we're trying to do is, I mean, like the organization itself, like, we don't really care about getting out to the consumer, but what we will, what we want to do is at least spark the conversation for the consumer standpoint. Like founders heritage, what does that mean? So they visit the site and they understand, oh my God, this is exactly what resonates with me because this is what I look for when looking into a new brand or product that I'm considering to buy. You know? yeah. So it's super fascinating. And there's, I'm, 
I'm excited. I know many of the brands, but I'm sure there's a lot that I don't know. And I'm just eager and hope to see a lot of them at Expo East because the stories, like the stories of these amazing founders is, I mean, that's one of my favorite parts of, of the, working in this industry and whether it be the Nexty Awards or walking around the show floors, connecting with the people. And so the rich stories, how do you, you do such an excellent job of telling your story in Philip Manila's what are some of the other companies doing that like you're most excited by some of those fellow founders that just have really rich stories behind them? It's amazing because everyone has their own rich story and history about why they made a certain product, right? There's a lot of commonality and a lot of universal kind of themes. But if you look at some of the inaugural brands, like if you think about um, Yai's Thai, like Leland and Sarah, I mean, Yai is Thai for grandmother. Oh, could you like double check? Like, could you imagine if I'm wrong? <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a disclaimer at the end. Yeah, actually, he's like cashew or something. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, even like listening to Leland's story about Yai's tie is like, Leland, you know, this is an amazing story. Like, people need to know that you, you create this product from your grandmother's recipes and she's Thai. And so just listening to how that brand evolved, and he doesn't really put that story out there, but you know, we encourage each other, like people want to hear it. They want to hear like where this, this kind of interesting concept and recipe came from. And even like Hector from Tia Lupita, he was one of our founding members as well. I mean, like uh, he was on Shark Tank um, and he was just like sharing his story about how his, um, oh my God, I think it's grandmother or mother. <laughs> it's his, isn't it his aunt, Lupita? Tia Lupita? Uh, maybe. From uh, how Lupita inspired, you know, these, he, she used to gift him food and recipes as kind of like these heirloom things. And that was kind of unique to his, his family and his culture. And seeing that being translated into like this amazing successful brand now is like, it's something magical about that. Yeah. Know? But, you know, like all the founders that we kind of intake, they, they have that own unique story, but it's all closely related to this was something super special to me growing up. You know, it was it was started by um, like my sibling or my parents or my grandmother or my aunt. They used to make this for me. And it just means like a special place in my heart. And then I just want to share that love and that piece of my heart to to people I sell the product to. And that's always magical in our industry. It's kind of interesting when you were when we were talking a few minutes ago about what you were seeing during the judging and you talked about the X factor and yeah. how it's sometimes hard for companies to figure out what is that. Yeah. Then as you're talking now, I'm kind of like, is it like the love? Like, is it something that like comes from the heart? The humanity. The humanity. As in like the tea? Sorry. Uh <laughs> No, because of the brand called humanity. No, but we've just been talking a lot of, but this is one of the trends that we were talking oh, okay, about okay. for Expo East. Sorry. I thought you could see the E-A-T in italics the way that it is in in my brain. Okay. Uh, no, just talking a lot about, you know, bringing the, the human side back into back yeah. into the things that we're, that we're doing, the, the foods that we're eating. Oh, sorry. But if you think about it, that's what made our industry so special and unique kind of in our founding roots, right? Because, I mean, I'm sure you all remember back in the old days. I mean, a lot of the products that came out, I mean, they were inspired by like personal and family needs, right? Yeah. And then you compare that to the billion-dollar strategic brands where, you know, you could tell that there's a, definitely a lack of heart. It's it's very corporate. And so it's kind of that humanity and that X factor that really makes outstanding new products really stand out and uh, truly outstanding. 
Well, and it puts the passion behind the yeah. brand too. If there's a real reason for it, if you start it because of a health problem that's yours or that's someone else that you love or some other need, it really push, puts that passion behind the brand. Yeah. yeah gives it meaning. So another question, we haven't really talked about retail and where you are as a brand, but I'm curious who are the retailers that you think have been the greatest partners and the greatest not only allies, but have really put into action some of the the things that are important to your company. Like whose whose aisles have you seen your true mission showing up in the most authentic way? Yeah, kudos to a lot of the retailers in our field because many of them and the buyers, you know, who make the decisions have been so supportive and excited to support not only Founders Heritage, but in general, Global Flavors. I mean, it's no surprise, Global Flavors is one of the hottest growing things in the industry so they're obviously looking at for from a category perspective but taking the chance on cuisines that have not yet really been like as huge as other cuisines in a market or products that are you know maybe not as widely accepted yet speaks volumes like specific retailers obviously whole foods whole foods is kind of um, i feel like really good when it comes to introducing and betting on innovation and innovation could come in the form of product or cuisine representation, and just finding ways to delight and represent the consumers, yeah? Target has done a phenomenal job, I believe, too, in adding that representation to their shelves, but not only that, but supporting the founders and companies um, behind said brands, right? So, you know, I, a one, one example I say is that putting allyship into action is that with Target and some other retailers, like some of them will actively just waive their slotting and prefills. And it doesn't seem like, oh, that's, you know, the thing. But remember, for a startup, you know, saving, you know, ten, fifty, dollars $100,000, that could be the difference between having your, bra- your brand launch successfully or, yeah. or you know, just deciding to call it quits because you can't afford the launch. Yeah, I've been so impressed by what Target specifically has done to yeah. really support startups. I feel like Target used to be like my guilty pleasure, but now it's not. It's not a guilty pleasure. <laughs> They're such a great organization. I, they- I mean, like their support of you know black-owned brands, um, Asian-owned brands, every you know BIPOC brands as well has just been phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay, it's time for the list. Let's do it. Let's do it. So today on the list, we're going to talk about some of these founders heritage brands. So the first brand I want to talk about is Zinca Foods. Um, This was founded by Cynthia Duran. Her family fled the Salvadorian Civil War. The brand makes these incredible frozen pupusas. So pupusa is a traditional dish. And they have this incredible cheese loroco, which is loroco is an edible flower. And so they have a cheese loroco pupusa. But then they now have this carrot cheese. So it's a vegan version. And they're um, from Washington. The products are made in the company's factory, which is 85% renewable energy. Nice. Great product. So delicious. I'm sold. Yeah, I'm sold. Go visit them at their booth at Expo East. Do we have some left over from Expo West Nexties in the freezer? We do not. They got eaten. Never mind. (laughs) Next up, we have Mazah. Now, this company was born out of two sisters whose parents grew up in Afghanistan. They have chutneys. That's the product that I'm most familiar with. They're really delicious chutneys. Oh, yeah. They have this fantastic mango chutney. So good. So fresh and bright. So good. Chef's kisses going on over here. Did yeah. you see so that? Yeah. I'm not surprised. It's delicious. 
and the chutney is vegan and gluten-free. And I would say like the thing that really stands out is the boldness of the flavors. Like I just want to put that next. I love a bold flavor, yeah. something that's going to really get you like, mm, what is that? And that's what this chutney does. And if I'm not mistaken, Maza won Pitch Slam at Expo West. Yes, so. and great pitch. Yeah. I think everyone is pretty smitten. Yeah, definitely a brand to watch out for in the condiment aisle. Um, I'm going to talk about Wild Orchard. So Wild Orchard, I'm such a fan of this brand. They have single origin source green tea or tea from a thousand acre regenerative farm and it's regenerative organic certified tea. And all of the tea comes from this island called Jeju in South Korea. And this, they planted the seeds or the seeds were planted 20 years ago. Um, so it's rain fed watering, regenerative agriculture. They have these really deep roots because they apparently if you plant them from seeds instead of um, seedlings or I don't know what you call those with trees. Like the starter. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know tree toss. But apparently they grow these really deep, deep roots. Just such a fantastic, delicious product. Yes. Um, and just so much integrity behind it. And I really love the founder. I do too. He's great. Yeah. He's so like, he's been very committed to just like learning and taking feedback and offering feedback. And I really like his approach. So another great member of the founder's heritage community. So we talked about this a little bit when we were chatting with Jake that founder's heritage has a pavilion, um, a small pavilion at Natural Products Expo East. So a couple of the other companies that you can find there are Nona Lim who is, um, that company has all different Asian street foods. And I don't really know as much about the backstory of Nona Lim, do you? Uh, I don't know about the backstory, but I can tell you about the front story. There are some noodle noodle dishes that are so, so good. So it's kind of ready to eat. Um, there's a pad thai. There's, um, oh my gosh, the last time I bought them, I devoured them so quickly. <laughs> But they have that's sauce. how good the front story yeah. is. That's, that's how good the front story. story. So they, but there are sauces, there are broths, um, there are noodles. It's just a wonderful brand. It's been around for a while, um, and she's just. I, I think the food is always just fantastic quality, good ingredients. And Nona grew up in Singapore, moved from Singapore to San Francisco, and then was really committed to bringing these recipes from Singapore to the U.S. So you did know the backstory. All right, a little bit. <laughs> And I should point out, too, that the brands that are in the Founders Heritage Pavilion at Expo East are not the only Founders Heritage member brands that are going to be at the show. There are actually a lot of brands that have full size booths in other part of the show, other parts of the show, which I think is so great because some of these brands, again, are so small that it's really um, testament to how popular these products are, are, how well they're selling. Um, and just how important this this association is and, and the brands that are that are part of it. Absolutely. And one other great company that we've talked about a lot is Tia Lupita, which will be in that pavilion as well with those great grain-free cactus Ooh, no tortillas. Yeah, those are good. Hmm. Oh, look at that shimmy. Well, let's end on that <laughs> note. Let's Always shimmy like it out, shake shimmy. it out. Who doesn't? Want to be on The Natural List? Send us an email at thenaturalist at newhope.com.